0: Well, if you listen to Sports Day Tampa Bay, you get a little knowledge. And as we said in the pod yesterday, Dave Canales, the Bucs' offensive coordinator, was very confident about his ability to land the Carolina Panthers' head coaching job. And that is exactly what happened. Dave Canales, after one year and one year only of calling plays in the National Football League for the Buccaneers as their offensive coordinator, Becomes the Panthers franchise's 10th head coach. He's only 42 years old. Now, this is a guy that spent 13 years with Pete Carroll in the Seahawks. Was eventually promoted to quarterback's coach, passing game coordinator. Passed over at least three times as offensive coordinator there. Calls plays for one year, but he's reunited, and this is the key. Reunited with Dan Morgan, who spent eight of those years in Seattle with Dave Canales. So, listen... Uh, what I've been saying all along during this process, and he had his second interview up there on Wednesday was not to discount him. He's going to be their surprise candidate. He's probably going to be their head coach. And it's about relationships. That's how everybody gets their start in this league. Uh, It's very rare to go into some place where you know no one um, as Dave Canales did when he came here as offensive coordinator. And then you land the job, especially a head coaching job. But Canales with Dan Morgan, if you're, if you're him, if you're Dan Morgan, you're going, look, I want a guy who can what? Help Bryce Young. That, that's the number one goal of that franchise. They took Young number one overall, Heisman Trophy winner. A lot of teams would have done that, including Houston, who sort of fell into C.J. Stroud, who's likely the rookie of the year on offense. And Young struggled because their roster is bad. It's bad on offense. There's no weapons and there's no offensive line. Very difficult to take a young quarterback and make that transition. Um, But they saw what he did as a quarterback's coach with Geno Smith in Seattle, resurrected his career, or was at least part responsible for it. Uh, He saw definitely what he did with Baker Mayfield, where he was even more responsible for that as a play caller, uh, taking a guy that was on his fourth team in less than a year and a half and making him a 4,000-yard passer, 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions second only to Dak Prescott in terms of touchdowns and interceptions. And so more than all of that, and, and, and we can get into how much he struggled as a play caller early on, it's his positivity, right? Like that job, the head coaching job, and there's been a lot of coordinators who have you know gotten their attention and then eventually a head coaching job because they were good play callers. And some of them kept the play calling duties when, when they were named head coach. But this is not the same job. Like head coaching in the National Football League is is about a few things. It's about what kind of staff you can hire, right? And can you get a bunch of guys that don't have agendas? I think that's what Dan Morgan is about. He knows he can trust Dave Canales. He knows that there's not going to be backbiting or backstabbing or any of that stuff, that they're going to pull, you know, they're going to row in the same direction. And so that's so important when you're trying to, build a franchise right you have to have the same messages the, the same agendas and he knows that dave canales will do that but canales it's this positivity right it's his zippity doo attitude every single day he says he wakes up it's first and 10 even though many days last season we know uh that it was fourth and 20 um but he came in there he worked hard put in his offense um and You know, got to learn the players over the course of time, was obviously, you know, outmatched early on. But even after a 3-1 and start, then they hit the six out of seven losses, which is usually disabling, especially for a young coach and a guy who's never called plays before. So for Dave Canales to navigate all that, take Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, turn him into a playoff-winning quarterback again, um, that's impressive on a resume. And more importantly, Dan Morgan – Probably bet that Canales would be successful, and he was right. And now that Morgan's in charge, Dave Canales is the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers, um, which is a, a giant leap. I mean, this is one of the biggest meteoric rises that I've seen in the National Football League in one year, which now leaves a big hole in the Buccaneers' offensive staff, and you're talking about you know a guy that you're losing that Baker Mayfield liked, that Baker Mayfield played well for. Uh, played well under, helped him uh, get a lot of the, the things that he had struggled with behind him, uh, and now the Bucks need to find a new offensive coordinator. But they might not have to look very far, and that's because Thad Lewis, their quarterback's coach, has been one of these names that I've heard for several years going back to when Bruce Arians was still coaching this team. Bruce thinks that he's a genius. He's told me that. Um, you know, he, he was going to try to groom him to take over for Byron Lefwich, but Lefwich, of course, wound up getting fired after one year with Todd Bowles. Um, but he, he did, you know, end up becoming the Bucks quarterback's coach last year. And if you're gonna give Canales credit for Geno Smith, you've got to give Dad Lewis credit for Baker Mayfield. It's really the same thing. They're both quarterbacks coaches. Um, he played for seven or eight different teams at different levels in the National Football League. He was a four-year starter at Duke, threw for over 10,000 yards, really bright guy. And so now the question for the Bucks is, do they want continuity but yet another inexperienced play caller, which is exactly what they just had was an inexperienced play caller, but you, you keep some continuity in the offense and in the staff with a guy uh, like Thad Lewis, or do you open it back up knowing that you know what, this time around, you may get better candidates. And and that's how they ended up, quite frankly, with Dave Canales. Because everyone else said no. Okay? If you look at this job a year ago versus what it is today, um, there's some similarities, but but there also, you know, are not. I mean, in terms of when when coaches came in here, they're looking at Todd Bowles, thinking, no quarterback, the only guy under contract at that time when they hired a coordinator was Kyle Trask, and no one had ever seen Kyle Trask play in the National Football League. So, at best, that was a giant projection, and and most likely not a guy you're going to win with. And then, secondly, uh, if Bowles is going to get fired, am I going to move my whole team down here, lose, and then I'm out of a job in a year? A lot of guys decided to stay with their current teams, even as quarterback coaches, right? So, now, though, that, you know, Todd Bowles is seemingly much more stable or at least has at least another year or two, you would think, uh, after advancing to the NFC Divisional Playoff game. Now you're going to get more people wanting to come here, perhaps wanting to work with Baker Mayfield with the success that he started to have, um, and maybe the pool's a little bigger. So maybe you expand it and don't just give it to Thad Lewis. However, <laughs> it gets more confusing. But wait, there's more. Thad Lewis is suddenly coveted by the Raiders from Las Vegas. They have asked for permission. That's right. They've asked for permission from the Bucs to interview Thad Lewis, presumably for either a passing game coordinator or offensive coordinator's job. And so, you know, that that might be a trip that he takes or one that the Bucs don't need him to take, depending on their decision in terms of what they're going to do uh, to replace Dave Canales, so the the plot is thickened here just a bit. And you know, if you just look at the bucks off season, okay, no Baker Mayfield, he's a free agent. You got to try to re-sign him. No Mike Evans, he's a free agent. You had an opportunity to re-sign him and didn't. He could be on the way out. Um, Chris Godwin in his final season. Levante David a free agent. You know, Tristan Wirfs, you probably need to offer an extension to. Or he's going to play under his fifth-year contract. Antoine Winfield Jr. needs franchise. You have more salary cap money, but those are major positions, and especially when you're talking about a quarterback, some thirty to thirty forty million dollars a year uh, that you need to you know earmark uh, for that quarterback position. And so, a lot of things are different, and and way too many things are up in the air for the Bucks right now. But it'll start by replacing Dave Canales, who again, you know home run higher in terms of results now i you know the other thing and i'm not trying to besmirch (laughs) canalis or his accomplishments but it is whirlwind when you think about it um is i've heard this today on some places i don't need to mention but it was like oh my god it's over what are they going to do i mean this team's falling apart if they don't have canalis it's over listen Less than a year ago, nobody even – and I cover the league. Nobody was talking about Dave Canales. And when you heard his name, they were like, who? Right? Oh, he's been where? For how long? You know, Russell Wilson was a quarterback out there. Obviously, you know, Smith. And so you had all this, you know, sort of the unknown factor with Canales. Now that he's been here, and, and, you know, it was only a a few weeks ago, it seems, that they started four and seven – lost six out of seven. Everybody wanted everybody fired. So let's not confuse losing Dave Canales with Bill Walsh retiring. And even then, George Seifert took over and they won two more Super Bowls, okay? So is it, is it a lack of continuity? In a way, whether he gets a head coaching job or not, when you have a defensive head coach, you better be prepared for this every two years if you're successful. If you're not, then the coach gets fired and doesn't matter. But if I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm also the head coach, Guess what? I got to hire somebody to run my offense. If I win, most teams want the offensive coordinator as their head coach. Because why? Because the teams that hire head coaches have had bad years, and they draft high, and they get quarterbacks. And you want that head coach slash coordinator to be married up with your quarterback. So you're gonna be, if you have success, you're going to end up losing a coordinator every two years, which is why, frankly, a lot of teams don't hire defensive head coaches for that very reason. Because the quarterback position is that important, um, but they can find someone, and maybe he's already in house. Maybe it is Thad Lewis, maybe one of the guys that they interviewed, you know, a year ago, some of whom have become available again, that probably had no interest in this job, you know, are looking for work now, <laughs> so you might be able to get a couple of those guys to come in here and say, yeah, you know, I'm sorry I turned you down and went back to my team or, uh, or whatnot, but, you know, um, I'm certainly available now. <laughs> so that's going to be something to watch just to see uh, who the Bucks bring in here because, you know, last year I want to say, geez, I don't know, maybe 13, 12, 13, 14 candidates for offensive quarter might have been through this place. I'm not exactly sure, but it's, it's it feels like it was some somewhere around that um but there's always there's always good coaches and and, and you know the, for the ones that that like to default and say, well, who they're going to get that's any better where where did Dave come from? who was knocking down the door for him, not even his own franchise you know so you know whether it's uh you know the the panthers who who let go of Thomas Brown obviously, and I wouldn't advocate that because I feel like you know, just watching Young, it didn't seem like he had any outlets on the blitz, and didn't like to design of the offense. Uh, they, you know, the Eagles fired their offense coordinator, Brian Johnson. He interviewed down here twice a year ago. Um, you know, so there's going to be guys, right? And but, but for, you know, when you think about it, for Dave Canales to get this job over the likes of. I don't know. Uh, they're guys that can really coach, you know, uh, guys that have called plays before. Uh, you know, the, page, the Panthers interviewed these, these following guys for their head coaching job. Ben Johnson, the Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike, or I'm sorry, their offense coordinator for the Lions, the Ravens defense coordinator, Mike McDonald, Ravens offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, of course, we're familiar with. They interviewed the Rams defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris. We'll talk to him in a minute. Uh, Cowboys defense coordinator Dan Quinn, former head coach of the Falcons, Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick, who did such a good job with C.J. Stroud, and former Titans head coach Mike Vrabel, right? So all those guys came through Carolina, uh, some of them twice, and it was Dave Canales, again, with a relationship, big, big factor there, um, getting the head coaching job. So now... The NFC South has taken on a Buccaneer flavor because it didn't stop there, okay? Um, and again, I, I just to back up, I think replacing Canales, it could go in, in-house. And, you know, along the lines of Thad Lewis, the, again, the Raiders have asked permission to interview Thad Lewis. So he's got possible options there uh, if the Bucs uh, aren't interested in, in promoting him. So, want to talk about the NFC South? How about the Atlanta Falcons? They finally did it, man. They finally hired my man, Ra Raheem Morris, after, what, 12, 14 years that he's waited between head coaching stints, gets the job back with the Falcons where he was an interim head coach, where he has coached both offense and defense. Clearly knows, respects, love Arthur Blank. Uh, The owner there, Rich McKay, very familiar with. And this is like one of the most overdue Hirings uh, that there has been. And I, I don't know anyone that knows Raheem or, or covers the National Football League that doesn't think that he's ready, uh, that he's paid his dues, that he's waited his time. Not many guys have coached receivers like Julio Jones and on the defensive side as well for the same franchise and been interim head coach and all those things he's done with the Rams as defensive coordinator, including winning a Super Bowl. This guy's resume is impressive. He's impressive. And like any coach, They need one thing, a quarterback. You know, he will fail if the Falcons are unable to find him somebody who can throw the football and be accurate and win. Um, But he's got his chance, and I'm so happy for him. Uh, I don't root for teams. I root for people. I've known Rod for a long time. He's worked his ass off. He deserved this chance a long time ago. And it's, it's hard to find anyone who knows him in the National Football League that isn't just thrilled that he finally got his shot, and we'll see what he does with it. He did a pretty good job as an interim coach. That's always a difficult situation, but now it's his baby. So a lot of news uh, that has been breaking over the last few hours, the last last day since we last talked. Also, uh, congratulations to Baker Mayfield. Um, In addition to the great season, that has earned you uh, a spot as a finalist in the Associated Press NFL Comeback Player of the Year. I never understood necessarily – what the comeback player was about, um, because it begs the question, well, come back back from what? (laughs) You know, it's like uh, there's comebacks and there's comebacks, right? I think when I think of it, I think of injury mostly, but it can also just be bad play, poor uh, luck, whatever. The other finalists, though, are Browns quarterback Joe Flacco, who got off the couch late, of course, and helped the Browns to the postseason where they lost in the first round to the Texans. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford had a lot of arm trouble, came back, got them into the postseason. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, same thing. Remember all the games he missed with the concussion issues and ever. And then there's a different category, and I'm sorry, but it's like, if we're really going to talk about comebacks here, how about this guy coming back from no pulse, right? Uh, Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin, uh, who, you know, again... Not so much appear, not too many appearances during the regular season on Sunday with his team, but was on the team, was inactive a lot. I don't know how many games he played in, I think it was probably less than a handful. But for Damar Hamlin Hamlin to experience what he did and have the courage uh, to get back on the football field and actually make it back to his NFL team, that is beyond anything that I I see on this list. We'll see though. I mean, I, I don't know who votes for it. I would assume. NFL writers uh, that are selected by the AP, so it could go any way. But the good news is, is that Baker Mayfield will take one more bow, and that'll be Super Bowl week out in Las Vegas on Thursday night at the NFL Honors Show, where you'll hear who the MVP is and the Coach of the Year and uh, Walter Payton Award winner and all those things uh, on that show, which is great, on Super Bowl um, Thursday night. So a lot to look forward to in that aspect. We'll talk, I'm sure, a heck of a lot more about the Bucks. Um, about Raheem Morris, about what's going on in the league. Bill Belichick, it looks like that him and perhaps Mike Vrabel, there's only two teams left to hire a head coach, uh, one of those being the Seattle Seahawks, and you've got three pretty good names, including Pete Carroll. So um, I don't know that uh, any of those gentlemen have really interviewed with the remaining teams, but uh, it's going to be something if a guy like Belichick suddenly has to hang up his whistle because no one in the National Football League with this many openings and Belichick interviewed twice in Atlanta, no one has hired the hoodie just yet, which is, you know, is telling. Um, not sure what it says, but it says something. So we'll talk a lot more about this, uh, you know, a, a, as uh, the weekend expires and we talk again on Sunday night. But uh, what a what a day, uh, you know, with everything that's going on uh, in sports, but the National Football League just a couple of days removed from the Bucks playing their final game, have just suddenly a lot of pieces up in the air and things that they have to settle. But the first of which is, who's your coordinator, who's your quarterback, and who is who is going to re-sign Mike Evans, uh, or are they going to re-sign Mike Evans? So we're just getting started, we're only a couple of days away from when they just played their final game. Do you know for the past 14 years, the skilled pros at May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems throughout Florida They provide the most reliable solar equipment, best installation methods, and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. Now, May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and the most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by solar Insure means that your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is all covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar and is owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. Now, this policy will transfer to a new homeowner with no fee. It's not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of its program. May Electric Solar's reputation and their history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727 727- 819 or visit MayElectricSolar.com. All right. Well, y'all had a lot of questions, and we didn't get to those the other day, so we have a mailbag segment that you're going to enjoy, you're going to love. Lots of questions, of course, you would imagine about the Bucks, the NFL, the Lightning, who are on a good roll. And then they'll um, have New
1: Jersey Saturday, and then they take uh, 10 days off for the All-Star break and bye week.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. And that just means that uh, no bucks, no lightning. you going to have to come up with some stories. <laughs> next, next, next week's yeah. going to be a little for spring training still two weeks away. A little uh. thin away, yeah. <laughs> Anybody got some news, go call me. <laughs> right. Or send me an email at rstrout at com. We're looking for you to write about at this point. But that aside, those are champagne problems. I get it. Yeah, mailbag questions today. Let's get started and... Uh, yeah.
1: I'm ready to go. All right, we'll start with Joe, who asked, any chance the Glazers rethink their decision to keep Todd Bowles as head coach after the debacle at the end of the game?
0: I would say the chances are one in 100, 99% no. And I don't even know that there's really one. But listen, um, I think when we've talked about how Todd Bowles was definitely on the hot seat when you're four and seven and you're in your second year, Things were not looking good. They weren't going well. But for this team, this coach with a steady hand, um, not having too much emotion, which everybody complained about, is what got them through that stretch. And then they went on a roll. When they needed to get hot at the right time in December, they did. Um, So as far as the end of the game thing, best-case scenario, okay, would have been that you tie the game. Um, and, it, and it would have been one of those classic right finishes because you don't have much time, even though they, they screwed up, you know, Detroit didn't run it out the way they should have. But let's say they missed the field goal, and field goals are missed all the time. And you got the ball at the plus 40-something or whatever. Um, you know, are you going to go down there and score a touchdown? And even if you do, right, with no timeouts, and 20-something seconds left, are you then going to score the two-point conversion? And even if you do, are you going to win the game, the coin toss, and win the game in overtime? There were so many variables, even if you do everything right. And yet, you know, there's definitely a part of you that says, wow, they gave up. Like, this was the team that never said die, and they went to the locker room with a timeout in their pocket that they can never use. So... There's some of that. Um, but as far as firing him for that decision, no, that's not gonna happen because he's the one that helped put them in that position to begin with. This team was about thirteen minutes away for playing to go to the Super Bowl. That's that's how good they were. Uh underdogs for sure against the Lions. The atmosphere was insane. I've never heard it that loud. Uh, and I thought they did a good job with, you know, lack of false starts and things like that. But um yeah. It, it uh I, I don't think you it boils down to well, Todd Bowles should have called timeout because again, everything would have to go right just to drag them into overtime and you're not guaranteed a win. Was it a mistake? Absolutely. Should we make more of it than we did? I think so. Um, but are the Glazers gonna throw out the baby with the bathwater? No. They they like what Todd Bowles represents. They have to like his team and the way they developed. At a time when most teams would have just packed it in, um, so for all those things, there, to, in my mind anyway, there's no chance that he's not he's not back as head coach.
1: Kyle asks: Is Baker Mayfield technically still under contract with the Buccaneers, and do they have the ability to resign him to an extension before the start of free agency? Same question for Mike Evans.
0: Yes, and yes, actually, and in fact, um, there is a provision in their contracts that i think on or about february 19th um if they were to resign a new deal um i think some of the dead money that they have left on their deals um would you know there'd be a helpful situation there um, i it, it's hard to know how soon this will happen because on the one hand Let's play it out. You're going to help the team if you do a contract sooner than later. Absolutely. But if I'm Baker Mayfield or I'm Mike Evans and I've had the year I've had and both guys would have liked to have more than one year left on their deal, they told Evans no. Like we're not doing it. Um, Baker, though, is a free agent. Would he like to stay here under the same circumstances, including Mike Evans? I think so. And I think the Bucks would like to have him. But what's that number, right? Like, what's the number that gets you to go, hmm, I'm happy here, but I could be $10 million more happy there. Like, you know, it, it is a business. You're, you're in, a, in a league where there's a lot of injuries. A lot of things can happen that won't be guaranteed. So the goal will be to re-sign Baker Mayfield before the free agent period starts. I just don't know that it's realistic because unless they're in the ballpark of at least 30 to 35 million, I don't think it will. And that's just kind of the going rate for the guys that he played and some of the former first-rounders and things like that. I think he's helped himself, and I do believe he wants to be here. Those two things are major because he's been with so many teams recently that he doesn't want to be that vagabond quarterback. He wants to settle down, loves Tampa, loves, loves Tampa, loves his teammates, teammates love him. It's hard to reestablish all that if you don't have to. And again, when when two parties generally want the same thing, which is for Baker to be their quarterback, it's going to work out. So I'm
1: not crazy freaking out about that one just yet. I think the timing will come down to, uh, for the most part, Players and and agents and teams know what the value of players are based on the punch. yeah they do they do yeah if you make them a fair enough offer and particularly if you sweeten the pot for for Baker let's say and you say hey we're going to resign Mike and here's a fair offer for him too that may sure. help things you know because I think the Bucks would like to do it sooner than later I think it'll happen whether it happens in February but, whether it happens March whatever when free agency after starts. free agency yeah. But, you know, a a lot of it just depends on, you know, how much leverage are you really looking at, And and, you know. But, I I, like you said, I think it gets done because I think both sides. uh, Evans may be a little different, but I think Baker gets done for sure. Yeah, because I think
0: he wants stability, and I think he'd like to have it here. And I think, you know, the one thing you said after the game was, I'm just trying to imagine how much better I would be, how much better we would be, you know with another year in the system with Dave Canales and you know there were times when you know Baker made some throws and you go "Mm, I'm not sure what he's doing like think about how far they came from week one even you know until the other night think about Rashad White how good he is and you know some of the the answers they came up with um, you know moving Chris Godwin like this is a team that can do some stuff. But if you tell me Mike Evans isn't back, if you tell me Chris Godwin's in his last year, if you look at that schedule, and then here's the other question, Steve, that I don't really have any answer to. What if there's one team out there that says, yeah, Bake, 45000000 million, you've earned it. Come, come be my quarterback. That's always possible. He's a free agent, right? Yeah. It only takes one team. And right. God knows there's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks right now.
1: Now, the one thing that could play into the Bucks' hands this year is... Grant, the draft's after free agency, but there's a That's lot of true. good quarterbacks in this draft. It's a quarterback-heavy draft. Yep. And so you don't have to spend $45 million on a quarterback. You can go trade for a pick. You can go change. young. Yeah. 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 And you still got Kyle Trask, which mm-hmm. I don't know what you think. Well, no, what Kyle I'm Trask, saying but... is I, I don't know if there's as many teams willing to spend $45 million to go get Baker. No, I understand that. Yeah. So I'm saying that I think that plays in the, the Tampa Bay's favor. Favor, yeah. But I think there yeah. be less teams looking for big-money free agent quarterbacks because this is a, a, a quarterback-rich draft.
0: It is. And he's got competition as a free agent. Kirk Cousins, for example. Yep. I, I do think that Baker wants to be here. I think the Bucks want him to be here. And because of that, I think he will be, regardless
1: of sort of the other external factors. Jerry asked, hey, Rick and Steve, now that the season is over, there's so much talk about free agents, but Baker Mayfield was sacked 40 times in the regular season play. Some of it was his fault, but Tampa could have lost both quarterbacks this year. You can only draft so much Do they look for offensive line help in free agency.
0: You always do. I mean, in free agency, the draft, post-draft, undrafted free agents, at the beach club, like you look for offensive linemen all the time. Um, the salary cap is better this year for the Bucks. They're going to have some money to spend. I don't know that they're going to replace an offensive lineman necessarily. I think, I think a couple of things. You had five guys, most of which were in totally new positions. Um, Ryan Jensen wasn't part of that, that group and you had a new offense. And when they started out the season, they were doing a lot of zone runs and this and that, and it didn't look good. And then they kind of adjust it, you know? Um but yeah, there there is a lot of free agents. And he was sacked a lot. Um can you make yourself better in one year on the offensive line? I just think it's it's another more time on task. I, I think new offense, um, I think Baker took sacks he didn't need to. Look, when I talked to Thad Lewis, the number one thing he said that they have to work on, if and when Big Mayfield is back, it's not throwing the football. It's not understanding the offense. It's none of that. He said we have have to teach him ingrained in him. You can't take these hits. Like you cannot put yourself in these situations where you're getting beat up like this, and that that means all the extra sacks. You've got to find a way, you know, to shut it down and. If that's all you have to worry about because you think he's a, you, you know he can learn that. But um, he was sacked a lot. I, sacks very often are on the quarterback. They're on coverage. Receivers failure to get open. I think their line will be better next year. I think they need it. I, look, I like Robert Haynesy, but that wasn't the plan. Ryan Jensen has been the plan. I'm sure we have a question about him maybe down the line. But Yes, we do. You need a center, um, probably one that's an upgrade from Robert, to be honest with you. Uh, and I'm not sure what Cody Mock is just yet. He's, he seems a little like Luke Gedeki 2.0, where you took a tackle from a small college and put him at guard, and he struggled, right? So I don't know that they got it figured out. I mean, schematically, they did some things to, to improve the running game. But overall, um it's not, it's not good. 40 sacks, if, if 10 of those are on the quarterback, then you're now you're in a very respectable range. But, yeah, you never want your quarterback getting hit that much, and the only way to, to, to improve it is, is to either develop those guys
1: or get some better players. Well, since you brought up Ryan Jensen, both nod and Steve had uh, tweeted questions. What's the status of Ryan Jensen heading into next season? Is he going to be able to play football again? I don't think so. I mean,
0: I'm not, I'm not a doctor, much less the guys that he saw. Um, but I feel like the Bucks wanted Jensen around to help the offensive line in any way he could. And I also think that when you guarantee somebody that much money, you'd like to see him earn it somehow. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think Jensen's going to play again. Look, he went for the whole sort of Hail Mary uh, knee surgery deal where you know, rather than go the conventional route. And I, maybe that would have helped or not. You know, when you start hearing things about embryos from cesarean babies in, you know, Antigua, I mean, come on, man. I hope it works, but it hasn't worked, and I don't think it's going to work. Um, So I, I think we've probably seen the last of Ryan Jensen. You guaranteed him, what, 26, mil, whatever it was, And he didn't ever play it down. You know, it's sad, but that's just part of the NFL.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Michael asks, has there ever been a Bucks team that exceeded expectations more than this year's team? You know, I was thinking about this the
0: other day, and the closest thing I can come to is probably the 79 team. But even the 79 team, which, you know, you're sort of born of the, you know, the worst losing streak in, in NFL history, 0-26, and, the you know, the Johnny Carson jokes and all of that. Um, I think the first time you win, it, there's a romanticized version of it that may or may not be in reality, but I do remember when Tony Dungy got here, and they had had twelve double-digit losing seasons, which he added to, uh, and then, you know, they managed to make the playoffs. Like lo and behold, they're hosting the Detroit Lions, and then they beat them, and the fireworks are going off, and I'm standing next to Paul Gruber. That was a magical time. That was a the last sort of Camelot uh, period that you can remember. This may have rivaled it in the sense that there's zero expectations, right? And you're probably looking at a fairly high draft. For them to come in here and thread this needle the way they did and stay relevant um, and win a playoff game and not have a bunch of guys pulling in different directions, not complain, not bitch about anything, I mean, it, it very well – if not the most successful, it's the most surprising season, and in a good way. Surprising that they they shocked the world, you know, including Bucks fans. Nobody, I don't think anybody saw that they had this in them, and that they could execute. Um, but in my mind, it it did exceed everything that I would have expected. They're right there. If they're not one, they're one a. You know, the other one being 97 in that. But the 97 team started out 5-0. So it wasn't like you didn't know they were great to start with. Um, but that's
1: still a bit of a caveat. Um, but, yeah. There was a Raheem yeah. Morris year. The, the year they went 10-6. and I mean, it wasn't, six it wasn't was this a, year. Because no. they didn't make the playoffs in that. But no one expected 10-6 that, that year.
0: <clears throat> and Josh Freeman was 26 touchdowns, I think, and like six interceptions. You know. That's a good point. I mean, that was an incredible year and a better record. Um, but yeah, pretty, pretty, a pretty surreal performance, I think, by the Bucks this year. I didn't look at four and seven, man.
1: <laughs> no one's no one's digging out of that in the NFL, and they did. And I give them all the credit in the world. Kyle asks, Will Jason, like, consider bringing back guys like uh, Whitehead and Edwards." Both of their contracts are expiring. Both are very familiar with the defense and takeaways, and there's a need at strong safety.
0: Yeah, I think Ryan Neal is done, and he looked awful when he had to play the other day. It was just can't change directions. Way too stiff. Not a good tackler. Like, so much that looked wrong there. Um, Whitehead is interesting. I mean, he was that run thumper, you know, and still is. Not necessarily the ball hawk type. I would lean towards him. Um, maybe then Edwards, who is just a center fielder, you know um I liked whitehead i I felt bad when he got away. I remember him in the playoff game at Green Bay, and he was a load, and he was one of the big reasons why you know they won that game against the Packers. It's kind of hard to go home again, um but it's always about money, and so can they afford him absolutely. I think it'd be a you know. I think he'd be a great fit, and he, he'd fit right in that line. And as far as Edwards goes, kind of a ball hawk, not necessarily a you know, downhill safety. So he to me, he seems less likely or less desired maybe um, than Whitehead would be.
1: Craig asks, The Rondé Barber pick six is the greatest play in Tampa Bay sports history. What is number two? Marty's OT winner in Game 6. Longo's 162 walk-off. Dan Johnson, Homer in 162. 91, Steven Stamko's one shift in the bubble goal. The Boulin-Wall save in Game 7.
0: I don't even think this is a difficult question. What about Brett I,
1: Phillips in Game 4, the airplane?
0: <laughs> You're going to keep going, aren't you? <laughs> I added that um, one in, but... <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Uh, definitely my favorite moment, but I... I don't even know that this is really a tough question. Okay, Ronnie Barber, for all the reasons we know, shut down the vet, got the Bucks to the Super Bowl. They won it. It was inevitable they were going to win it. Had filled every box in the stat sheet. Like, one of the greatest defensive games I've ever, ever seen. Um, Dan Johnson, home run, dramatic, sure. Like, all of that's good. Um... But to me, Marty St. Louis' goal won them a Stanley Cup. Like, they're going to lose to Edmonton in game Calgary. six. They Calgary. are. Or Calgary. I'm sorry, Edmonton.
1: Calgary. They're going to lose to Calgary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, and- can, you can make an argument that that's the biggest goal. That's the biggest play in Tampa Bay sports history. And, and Bigger than I, I, Ronnie I, Barber's? Well, but, but what? Tampa had the lead at that point in the game. Now, granted, Philly was driving, getting ready to score. Yeah, that's true. You know, Marty was to win and extend a series, I, I but mean, that play that Rondi the play that
0: Rondi made, got them to the Super yes, Bowl, which uh, became inevitable they would win. I and agree. Marty's I agree. It's get, the biggest didn't play. get them a championship. Yeah. Well, but but Rondy did either. I mean, yeah, neither one did. Yeah, Marty's. No, I mean,
1: if 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 Calgary scores in that game, then Lightning go home and the it, season's over. It's over. Yeah. So there's more you pressure. Both were eliminate. Marty. No, both were elimination games. I'm just saying yeah. that the Tampa actually had the lead at that point where we're I think Barber's is the greatest play in Tampa history, but Marty's is almost equivalent. It's almost one a and, and not only that, but like that series, if you remember
0: Jerome again, and how physical it was and just how they beat everybody up. I mean, those guys, the photo is great when they win the Stanley cup, it looks like a bunch of dudes coming home from war or something, but, um, the angle of that shot, like everything, I remember everything about it and how improbable it was. Um, And then you knew, you just kind of knew that once they did that, they were going to win it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it, it's probably closer to 1A, 1B. I mean, a lot of the Rondé thing is, you're right, the game was mostly over, but what it, what it symbolized is he's running down the sideline, looking at everybody in the eye and pointing to the back. Yep. It, it was that sort of like, oh yeah? Cause the the Eagles fans were vile. <laughs> they were just <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't know how to describe no. oh God. The things they said, you know, Jojo Ravicius lost a child and at that point he wasn't uh you know, had not died and, and and he got there a day late. I mean, I wouldn't I could not imagine my worst enemy saying some of this stuff. Um but it was interesting. You know, but
1: yeah, I, I, I'm just saying that the Marty's play is – it's essentially the same scenario. We're fairly close. Well, one and, clinched
0: and it, it and one it, sent it back well, to Well, but Tampa one clinched
1: a, to the Super Bowl. Marty's yeah. clinched a game seven, winner take all. I mean, Which it's, you get, it's basically you get clinching one more game to win it. They both – that's what I'm saying is, yeah. you know, if Rondes was in the Super Bowl itself, it would be yeah. a clear number one over Marty's because it would, it would have yeah. won no, the – No, it's a great the, point. The I never
0: football. thought of it in terms of they kind of both did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, one, you you handed a trophy to when it was over. Right. Well, you handed not the trophy you handed. I mean, no, a trophy. A trophy. But yeah, they're going to the Super Bowl. And the other one was you were already in the finals. You're already there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But so. But had you not scored that goal, then your season's over. You're done. You know, that goal forced one more game to win it all.
0: All right, so I, you know what? I think it's a great argument. I think maybe we've overlooked Marty. <laughs> so I mean, really, I just remember the angle of this goal. like it was so improbable that he got that, and I had some friends over, and I have high roofs, but I swear that we all hit them at the same time. Like we jumped so high when that that was a great series. Ruslan Fenatenko, all the beatings he took every day. he know? scored the two goals in the, in the game seven. Javi, Javi Boulin, like the Boulin wall, like there's such character on that team. It's pretty
1: awesome. I I like hockey. It's, you know, you're going to get me to say otherwise. So speaking of lightning, then Tommy asks, how many players on the current lightning team, could you see their numbers retired next to Vinny, LeCavalier, Marty St. Louis when their careers are done in the Amelie arena rafters? Ooh, that's a good one. All right, let's go.
0: So Vinny and Marty. So I think there's four.
1: We'll go Stamkos, yes,
0: Hedman, yes, uh, Kucherov, yes, and I'm going to say Point. Uh, point questionable at this point. Oh, wait a minute, the goaltender obviously. Yes, Vasy. Yes, yeah, yes. Vassi's a nomad. I think so. Okay, so those are your four, and then, then on, then I would say, I think Point has a chance to get there. I agree. He's
1: not there yet. You can't say definitively. Oh, he's in the ring of honor. You can't. He's not back well, Look, they'll make the Lightning Hall of Fame. Which they've just started and they're inducting yes, this is I year agree. two where Dave Anderchuk and Brad Richards will go in. Yeah. Like a lot of these guys are gonna go into the Hall of Fame. Like yes. Tyler Johnson and Andre Pallat and Right. You know, you're gonna go through all Alex Kalorn. You're gonna go through yeah. all these guys. But to retire numbers That's gotta be is, special. Uh, I mean, you know, all the guys in, in Lightning History, there's two that are retired. And, right. and I don't know if there's anybody I don't know if they'll retire another one that's not on this current team. Well, I mean, you're looking at okay. Who are my all stars? Who's made the all star team that's mm-hmm. you know still here? Um, well, I mean, point has made the all star game once, or, I think once or maybe twice. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Stamkos owns pretty much every franchise record every or record will, there is. Yeah, and Hedman for defenseman owns basically every record. Vazhi's the greatest goalie in, in in the team's history, no question, and maybe the greatest goalie in the game right now, and has yep. been for several years. And then Kucherov is maybe the best player in the I NHL. Say, look, retire them all. <laughs> mm-hmm. I these guys won with the three
0: Stanley Cups and won two of them.
1: I think they, they, they were went to all four. Worthy. They went to four. Don't they forget went the to 2015 four. You're right. One. Yeah, Chicago. Well, you're right. You know, Bishop was the goalie back then, but the other ones were there. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, I, and the yeah. run's not done. Who knows how many more they go to?
0: Well, look, they're right back there again.
1: You but know? yeah, I, mean, I think I think four get retired from this team. There's a possibility of point. There's a possibility of Sergeyev. Right, and, and like I said, I think they'll all be in the, the the Hall of Fame at some point. Or you know, ring the Bucks have the Ring of Honor. Lightning have started a Hall of Fame. Yeah, they'll all be. I mean, so much of this core is going to end up in that thing, and they should. I mean, this has been a ten-year run for this core.
0: It's unbelievable that they've kept it together that long. Nobody does, right? Sally and cap.
1: knowing the last four years have been a flat cap. Right. That's right. You know, not just a hard to cap. To the money they lost in 2020, has, but right? yeah. yeah. So, it's, you know, I, I think it's, I, I think those four will end up being retired. Yeah,
0: that's great. That's a great guess. I, I think you're right. And there's a lot more that might become worthy after that, but. Yeah, those four seem to be sort of no-brainers.
1: All right. We'll we'll end on one more quick question here. You got one more? Okay. Scotty asks, what surprises you more, USF football or USF men's basketball success of the season? I mean, define success. (laughs) They beat Memphis, which is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Okay, most surprising, USF basketball, because I think there's always a chance you can come in and with the right recruiting in Florida – I mean, he won six games, yay, which is awesome, right? But basketball, which has never been a great sell here, I, that upset was impressive because they were down 20. <laughs> and these dudes just have another gear. So whatever that coach is telling them, they're buying in. Like mm-hmm. that's To me, that's the biggest buy-in team that we've seen in a while at USF. So just completely off the radar, in my opinion,
1: I think it's USF basketball. I'll go the opposite. I'll say football, and, and okay. because I think it's harder to turn a football team around, because because fifty three or a hundred guys on the roster, NFL's fifty, hundred guys okay. on the roster compared to twelve.
0: Yeah, that makes and,
1: sense. And you know, look, I, I, I look what Adore Raheem is doing it for USF men's basketball. It's great, and it's a Brian Gregory may be a really good coach. But man, his style of basketball to watch was hard. It was painful at times. <laughs> like this team's fun to watch. Yeah, it is. Like they get up and down the floor. They, they hustle. Compete. They play good they defense. Compete. Like, like yeah. you know, I, I I like if you're going to be a middle of the pack team and that's obviously not their goal, but you know, I I'd rather watch a competitive style of basketball and a fun style than grind it it's out right. and trying it's to win 41-40 every night. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'd rather have let's you know, let's run up and down the court. Let's put some shots up. Let's let's be excited. You know, I mean, you got to play to the type of players you got, of course. But um, I, I think, you know, I think both programs have been a surprise this year with new coaches. And, and kudos to Michael Kelly and the whole athletics organization over there. They it seems to found two really good coaches. No, that's true. There's not a bad choice there. All right,
0: great questions as usual. We have got a, a pretty interesting weekend coming up: the Lightning against the Devils. That one's always uh, great, and then of course we have conference championship games. To me, uh, the week before, I love the divisional playoffs. I mean, there's so many. There's you know, there's more games, but but now now this is it. Somebody's going to go to the Super Bowl. Actually, two teams uh, headed out to Las Vegas after this one. And Will so, the
1: Lions, for the first time in history, go to one?
0: Listen, I I'll say this: San Francisco better be on their game they better not they better not take those guys lightly i know they won't take them lightly but they can't afford uh to make mistakes you know if debo samuel plays i think they're one team if he doesn't i think they're another team i think they i think the the, the lions are vulnerable in the secondary in the back end you can make plays against those guys um but but they're they're going to play hard and they're going to play long it's going to be you know it's going to be a dog fight i mean that's going to be a good game and then baltimore Taking on Kansas City, I mean, what if Patrick Mahomes goes back to
1: another Super Bowl? What are we watching the modern day Tom Brady here? Well, by the point in his age, he's ahead of Tom Brady in almost every category playoff wise.
0: Right. Right.
1: Except number of Super Bowls. Right. Because Brady had three by this point.
0: Right. Well, this would be this would be his This is what their sixth straight
1: conference championship game?
0: That's stupid.
1: Now, granted, it's a lot of stupid. times you get the bye and only have to win one game to get to that game. That's but, fine. But still. That's how you get it. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's just showing up, and it doesn't, like, the one, like, and I, I don't think that was a great Buffalo defense, but they're kind of not very good at, on the outside for Mahomes mm-hmm. in on, in Kansas City, and yet. Although they're going they up every a real defense day. this week. Yeah, they are. They really are. This defense is no joke. I mean, I think I got. Lamar and those guys winning that game. I think Baltimore is going to be stronger especially at home and even if mm-hmm. they're not great on offense their defense will keep them in it I think if Brock Purdy gets behind he has to try to bring him back it's going not against that defense you mean Mahomes uh, I mean Mahomes yeah well Mahomes can do it yeah um but with that with that group of receivers I don't know that I trust them they caught the ball the other day Kelsey had two touchdowns just
1: don't give it to McCole Hardeman.
0: oh no kidding not well, a Mahomes, good man. Mahomes is he—he he just keeps showing up in these games. Yeah. You know, like you can't kill him. He's gonna be right back in
1: it again. And well, here he is. Will Jason Kelsey be there shirtless?
0: <laughs> that okay? That was a little weird for me. Like that was a little <laughs> over the top, even even for Jason, who had to be hammered.
1: My favorite is hey. his mother was dying, laughing at it, and apparently his wife was not amused.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, she gave it that look that like you get, like, oh, okay, here he goes. The look at the clown. Yeah, I married one of those guys. Yep, here he goes. She'd seen it before. She had that look like, oh, boy, we can't reel him back in. But you know what? Those guys are laughing all the way to the bank, um, him and Travis. And uh, at least we haven't heard whether Travis is coming back next year. Really, I think Kelsey, even though he told his teammates that he was done, he's kind of putting off the official announcement, whatever that means. So, yeah, good games this weekend. And uh, we'll be back to talk about him on Monday. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstnick, I'm of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.